Welcome to Talkin' Giants, presented by John Boy Media. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. Got a lot to get to. The Giants went out and got a corner. Logan Ryan. Uh, this was supposed to be a player profiles and projections episode. We're still doing it, so we're going to do some Logan Ryan talk, and then we're going to put uh, David Sills and Tay Crowder's PPP at the end. Um, Justin, how are you feeling, man? Bobby, the New York football Giants are a better team today than they were yesterday. Or they're a better team today than they were two days ago, depending on what when you're listening to this. So I'm excited. I'm excited that they made this move. Now, Logan Ryan, is he going to absolutely maybe change the defense? No. But does this change? I could even say, does this change what we think about maybe this Giants defense, or at least the depth of it? Absolutely 100%. So how are you doing? How do you feel? I'm good, man. I'm, I'm excited about it. I know I probably get ex- I get excited about anybody who's going to be getting playing time, you know, our, and that's our nature is to go and find like the positives. There is negatives with Ryan and, and we'll, we'll get into all that and where we see him fitting. But like you said, man, we're better. And to, you know, to on a macro level, the Giants offense can have the ability to outscore teams if Daniel Jones takes another step forward and cuts down on fumbles. So this gives that us the opportunity to outscore teams and win games. You know, it's the NFL. We see it every year. I'm not sitting here saying, oh, the Giants are going to go make the playoffs. But I'm also of a mindset of like, you know what? Why can't this offense score with the best of them? And if the defense can be middle of the pack, then you know what? We can be in a lot of games. I get the schedule is tough. That's the that's the scariest thing about this season is all the teams we're playing. The NFC West, I think, is going to be awesome. But anyways, I, I feel really good about it, and we'll, we'll get into who Logan P- Ryan is as a player and where we think he'll play, which I think is the biggest question on all this, but it's exciting. Yeah, it's, it's a matter of on yesterday's show, Bobby, we were kind of, we were we had a mailbag question about the secondary, and we were just like, sign somebody. We were really wanting Ross Cockrell because that was just the name that we really looked at and we were really familiar with. I didn't think that Logan Ryan was in reach, but then Jordan Ronan came out with that little report today that said that Ryan and the Giants, there's been some interest there for a while. And then lo and behold, they came to actually a a price tag agreement, which you should uh, pull up that Pro Football Talk article I sent to you because it's not just a... Got it. it. So it's not just a $7.5 million deal. There's There's some little complexities to it. But Bobby, we did not want to be heading into 2020 with either... Corey Ballantyne, Brian Williams, or insert another cornerback that would have just inevitably struggled. Now, could Corey Ballantyne surprise us? Yes, but I very much could just envision the Giants secondary struggling as a whole because they have one very clear weakness there, and that you would think would largely be cornerback number two, and we're hoping that's not slot corner with Darnay Holmes because he is a rookie and he's probably going to have to take some time. So, you have to feel good as a Giants fan. Logan Ryan's not the perfect player, but you have to feel really good. So, Bobby, let's get maybe into the contract. Let's get into him as a player. Yeah, and you mentioned depth. Like, that was the other thing. Like, I get if Like, I have some hope for Corey Ballantyne. There's things I like about Corey Ballantyne. 
but having no depth, yeah. that's scary. All right, the contract. It's one year, $7.5 million with a base salary of 5 mil for um, basically 1.5 mil extra. So six, basically 6.5 mil if he plays 90% of the snaps. If he plays 90% of the snaps, he gets a $1.5 million bonus. 80% he gets 1 mil, 70% 750,000, and then 60% 500,000. So if he gets hurt, it it's a $5 million deal. Um, the other million dollars is two five hundred thousand dollar bonuses, where one for Pro Bowl, one for All Pro. He's never made that in his career. So essentially, it's a six point five million dollar deal. Yesterday, when we were talking about it, it's like eh, five mil or so, somewhere around that area. So a pretty good deal with Nate Solder's contract um, being rolled over. This essentially cuts into that, Half. where there's instead of tw- instead of twenty mil being cut uh, rolled over in cap space into twenty twenty one. Now it's about 13 and a half, 14 mil rolled over. So um, I'm surprised the Giants actually went out and gave a guy a 7.5 mil, $6.5 million contract. But we like Ross Cockrell and Ross Cockrell kind of made more sense because he is like a true outside corner. But let's talk about Logan Ryan as a player. I think he's a better player than Ross Cockrell, even though he does have flaws. He's 5'11", 195 pounds, 29 years old. Um, you know, played for the Patriots and then the Titans. Um, some advanced stats. So his opponents receiving stats against him in 2019, and this is where it's not great. Uh, 68 completions on 103 targets, 66 percent, 781 yards, five touchdowns, four interceptions. The year before, and and f- 14 games, 43 completions on 64 attempts, 67.2 percent completion percentage, 515 yards. Two touchdowns and zero interceptions. So the overall numbers are better, but he doesn't have the interceptions. Regular stats. In 2019, these are kind of crazy. 113 tackles would have been first on the Giants in tackles. Four and a half sacks. That would have been second on the Giants in sacks last year. Four and a half sacks as a cornerback. As a Four tackles for a loss. I think that would have put him at eighth on the Giants. Eight QB hits would have put him at like ninth. Eighth or ninth. Four interceptions would have been tied for first with Janoris Jenkins. Four for forced fumbles, which would have, been, would have been first. So, Justin, I think that stat line, and now that today we've watched some film on him where before we hadn't, I think that stat line says a guy who gets target, and he's going to give up some passes, but he's also a playmaker more than anybody on this Giants defense. And then we did some film stuff. there, Like you said, he's going to give up some yards, and there's going to be you know targets. But at the end of the day, He's the best playmaker in the secondary, or best playmaker as a corner. Yeah, that's that's the big thing where we we brought in James Bradbury. James Bradbury is a guy that's going to get a lot of targets. Guys are going to target him a lot. So now we, you know, you would hope that now once the season comes to an end, hopefully some of these guys then their target numbers are going to come down. That's you can't have everybody getting targeted a hundred times. So here's my thing, Bobby, and this is what mainly does discourage me because I am a believer in numbers. I know the coverage numbers when we're talking about safeties and linebackers, they can be a little skewed. But for cornerback numbers, these advanced passing numbers on pro football reference, they're they're pretty spot on. My thing right. is, is if Darius Slate, if um excuse me, if Golden Tate has a 68 catch with the 66% catching catch rate for 781 yards and five and five touchdowns. Are we not saying that that's a that's a really good season for our number three wide receiver? 
could even be number two wide receiver numbers. So now this guy is now our number two corner, or what we think and what we hope is now he's our number two cornerback. But I don't want to crap on him so much because, like you said, Bobby, he is a playmaker. That, he's a playmaker. So that would be a solid season for the number three. But those like targets and stuff is like the number two guy and like a closer to number one. I get Golden Tate plays the slot, so that's where you're making that matchup. But like those attempts, those are like. Number two, borderline number one. Still not good, but that's where I think when it's like, I, I want to compare it to like going against our number three well, guy. I, you, you know, don't, again, don't take like my point like so like all ultra serious. No, I'm just clarifying. I'm not being like, that's a bad take. I, I get what you're saying, but also like for Golden Tate, that's a really good year. Whereas if that's our number two wide receiver, it's, it's a, it's an okay year, but it's nothing like. Insane, yeah, so um, PFF had him at five sacks for whatever reason when Pro Football Reference had him at four and a half, and that ranked first among cornerbacks. Tackles for loss, he had nine according to PFF, and that ranked first against uh, with cornerbacks as well. So he's a playmaker, Bobby, and you pointed that out. So that's the thing that really does get me excited is that, sure, you can look at the yards per completion and Logan Ryan's yard, yards per completion were actually higher than what Grant Haley gave us last year, and they were much lower than what Corey Ballantyne gave us last year, just for comparison. The yards per target on Logan Ryan was a little bit more, I'm pretty sure, than Grant Haley, but again, lower than um, Corey Ballantyne. The depth of target was about the same between Grant Haley and Corey Ballantyne. Grant Haley allowed an average of 9.5 yards in terms of his depth of target, and then Grant, um, Logan Ryan was around 9.9, 10 yards. But I think uh, Corey Ballantyne was somewhere within like the 14-yard range. His average depth of target when he was being targeted down the field with wide receivers that he was covering was 14 yards. That's bananas. That's that's very, very bad. So Logan Ryan's definitely an upgrade. And where he is exactly an upgrade, and I'll let you rock and roll with this because you've done some breakdowns on this, is that he is a playmaker. And what haven't we had at cornerback these last couple years? We haven't had guys that can just go out and make plays for this fo football team. Guys can that can drastically change a football game with one play or one singular performance, even though they may, you know, a guy may allow catches, he may allow yards, may allow touchdowns. We just haven't had guys that were able to just make plays for a defense, and sometimes that's all that you need. Yeah, he's pretty good in man coverage. You know, they played him in zone. They did. They did a lot of different stuff with him. I will say the one thing I noticed on film is when it was an outbreaking route. That's when he was his best. Where, like, there was a, like a touchdown I saw. Um, Paris Campbell against the Colts had where it was like a cross the field kind of route. I mean, that's kind of hard to guard if you have time to throw that anyways, but still uh, definitely noticed that better when he was in man coverage. So let's have the conversation. And this is why it is a little confusing because the whole talk of like his agent was saying he's going to be a safety. Um, you know, with McKinney goes down, he plays slot corner where a lot of people are high on Holmes playing slot corner and he's had a good camp. And then Ballantyne is the one where it's like, you know, you have some hope for him, but also it's like the le the least invested in. Where where do you think and where do you want Logan Ryan to play? I think where do I think and where I want is the same right now. Because, Bobby, some people were saying safety in my mentions and they threw the whole, well, his agent says that he wants to play exclusively at safety. Well, let's think about it from this way. What date is it? It's now September 1st. The season starts in nine days, and Logan Ryan's not on a football team. He doesn't exactly have a lot of leverage right now. That's number one. Number two, the Giants need a cornerback two much, much worse or much, much more than they need 
a number three safety. That's what it comes down to for me. We talked about that lack of depth to start the show, and we've been talking about the lack of depth for the last couple weeks and since Ross Cockrell didn't sign. So he's going to be at cornerback number two. I don't think he has a lot of leverage to say, oh, I don't want to play there. I don't want to play there. I think that was part of the agreement you would think that would, and you would think and that would hope. He's playing corner. Yeah, so I'll let you take it away. Well, well, no, I'll ask you. You say cornerback too. Do you want Logan Ryan playing on the outside with Darnay Holmes in the slot or Logan Ryan in the slot and figuring it out on the outside? I feel, oh, gosh, you know, even though... Because he's played both. He's mainly a slot nickel corner, but he's played... I, He's not incapable of playing outside. I, I know, because um, I feel uncomfortable with having Dornay Holmes in the slot, but I honestly feel better about the group that is James Bradbury, Logan Ryan on the boundary, um, Darnay Holmes in the slot, and then you have your two safeties, and then Montre Hardage is the number three safety, or even Bobby. You know, I don't know if this is too complicated. I don't know if this is too much at this time of the year. Why can't you have Logan Ryan in some sets be a number three safety, have him lining up in the slot, doing whatever, and then having Corey Ballantyne come in as a number two corner? So just because maybe Logan Ryan for the majority of the snaps is in one spot doesn't mean that he can't alternate and be versatile because a lot of people have said, well, he is versatile, he's versatile, he's versatile. Yes, but just think of what the Giants need. I think that's the priority, being cornerback number two. I know that people aren't going to like this take, but I'm putting him at nickel corner. Okay. I get that Darnay, people like Darnay Holmes. I do too, but I don't like Darnay Holmes where I have to force him into the starting lineup year one. Um, you know, a month after the draft, when we had DeAndre Baker on this lineup still, when we had all our guys, McKinney, we no one was pounding the table to start Dana, Darnay Holmes. A couple people were, I guess, but I wasn't. So I am fine with Holmes sitting on the bench this year. And guess what? He'll get playing time as well. Like you said, they will do... They will bring, like you said, they will. I think they will, instead of using Hardage, I think they will use Logan Ryan and then bring in another corner. Um, they'll try to do a little both. But, like I said, Holmes playing his rookie year is not more important to me than paying Logan Ryan at what his position is, where he led, where he had 113 tackles, where he has the sacks. Andy Benoit, who's like my favorite NFL guy, like talks about how he impacts games from the nickel more than just the pass game, how he impacts the run game, how he like he not just gets sacks, like he gets sacks because he knows how to play stuff and time stuff up. So I'm putting him at the nickel corner. And if that means trusting Corey Ballantyne on the outside and having that weak spot, then fine. And then Holmes, you know, Holmes can be that backup. But I, I'm putting Logan Ryan at the nickel spot. That's where he plays the best. That is his position. And I'm not moving it around to force a rookie. And I, I like Holmes. I, I'm excited for him. But I'm not pounding the table to play Holmes year one. And I'm not moving a guy from his spot at seven half a million dollars to let Holmes play. Uh, I'm putting Logan Ryan where he's best at, and that's nickel corner. No, I'm with you. I'm not pounding the table to, pay, to play Holmes. No, but Holmes. a lot of people are. Right. A lot of people are. But... I'm honestly just thinking to myself, what is the lesser of two evils? What is the lesser of two evils? And I feel a lot better if we can have Darnay Holmes in the slot, possibly with him getting safety help, especially if we are playing with some three safety sets. You know, Maybe he can get some help from time to time compared to having such a glaring weakness at outside corner. And that's the one spot. So you, you know, I, I guess you. But said then it, you're just stop. You're stopping Ryan from playing the position where he impacts the game the most. Well, that's my thing. Like, yeah, I, I, it's not. It's not that I think Logan Ryan is certainly a better outside corner than Corey Ballantyne. And I would like, like, if you just said like, hey, three, what three corners do you want to play? Ballantyne, home, like, it would. I agree. It'd be Logan Ryan, Holmes, and Bradbury. 
But I just can't take Logan Ryan out of his spot, especially at 29 years old. Um, he'd be a better boundary corner than Ballantyne, or at least we think he would be. But I just, at that contract, I want him playing where he's going to impact the game the most. And that's, I mean, that's that's nickel corner for me. Yeah, again, I'm here, and I understand Corey Ballantyne was a rookie, and he only got 27% of the defensive snaps. But I'm here, I'm just looking at some of his numbers, and I'm really getting nauseous. And it's not because that Corey Ballantyne just doesn't have the upside. It was his rookie year, but he was a six-round pick. We're going into a year where we're relying on a six-round pick. Um, that, that just does not make me comfortable. Now, Bobby, so I think, you know, we, we, we have a little bit of a disagreement there, but where I think we are in agreement, that seven and a half million dollars, or, you know, I think, I think it may turn into six. six and a half yeah. Mil. I think it's going to, I think mil. it's eventually going to be six and a half million dollars by all that's said and done. Don't think it's going to be seven and a half. So that's about half of what we're technically quote unquote saving, which we're not, but saving from Nate Solder's salary this year like a third i because of if if they were to cut solder it'd be half because of the but i don't think they're going to cut solder in 2021 i don't think going out and i'm you know not to keep on repeating the same thing going out and getting ross cockrell and trying to find a way to get that done or even prince amukamara who was cut today who i'm i know giants fans it, he's left a sour taste in giants fans mouth because of his injury history with the Giants, and he wasn't all that great of a player, and he was a first-round pick. So I get that Giants fans have that sour taste, but he has really turned his career around, and he's had a very long and successful NFL career. So I don't think it's going to take $6.5 million or even close to that to bring in one of those guys. And now we're talking about you have boundary corner is set, and those guys can naturally play that spot. And then I am 100% okay with Logan Ryan running around being an enigma. And then basically just serving that Xavier McKinney role, what we were expecting. I'm very okay with that. Now it's a matter of, is Corey Ballantyne the, the straw that's going to break the camel's back in terms of this let the young kids play movement? And for me, no. I don't really need no. to. I don't need to see Corey Ballantyne and see what he's got. Odds are we're gonna let see, him be depth. We're we're, we're going to see it anyway because it's good to have depth. Yeah, I agree, man. I would, I would, I would pay some money to bring Cockrell in. You know, where Prince of Mukamara is like a. I mean, he was getting paid like a million and a half by the Raiders. He's not going to be getting paid more than that. Um, and maybe they end up claiming him on waivers, but like. I I really want them to go get Prince. I don't, you know, that you might be just something that's in. Ju- well, Prince is someone I really want them to go get yeah. if they're not getting Conk. Got it. Um, because there's really it wouldn't it would make sense. I mean, it makes sense money wise. I mean, you're like you said, you're not spending anything on a Mukamara, and then you have someone you could trust on the outside. And if Ballantyne is better, then a Mukamara's depth. And like you said, like the the depth at corner right now. I don't know their names, and I talk about I, I devote my freaking life to this team. I don't know their names, you know. So, it, like I said, if Ballantyne beats them out, then you put them out there. You have them depth, and that just makes you more comfortable. Like the situation I'm talking about, putting Logan Ryan at the slot, Cockrell. I would I would pay some money for Cockrell. I don't know five mil or whatever. I would do it. I get that it's it's you know it's um it's it's penny rich and dollar poor because you know because of the solder contract. But at this point, I mean. Just go out and play. I mean, if we can have a decent secondary, why not? Like, why why not punt on a season? Yeah. And you know what? Gettleman feels the heat. So, I can see it happening. I think a Mukamara or, or another corner should be brought in. Maybe it might be someone we're not even thinking of. Yeah. 
I got the Madden. Oh, the I got this comment on Twitter today that said, "Oh, you know, this isn't Madden the way that you control the salary cap, Bobby. If these if these guys are coming in on one year deals, what what's the harm? What's the harm? And you know, I get it. We want to we want you lose cap in twenty twenty one. That's what people are saying. But on it's one not, year like deals, you said, it's not it's not playing. Yeah, because the cap rolls over. Like our our open cap space this year rolls over to twenty twenty one. But if they're not if they're not coming back, so then we're talking about if they go somewhere, you could possibly get a comp pick. I I don't know. I don't know. I don't think one year deals are harming you that much. I, I really don't. No, especially if you're paying less than two million a year. You yeah, know what I'm saying. So, so yeah. Uh, oh, update. Like I said, I'm I'm all for bringing a player. Update. Update. What's the update? Um, DeAndre Baker's arraignment court hearing was moved to January. So gone. Oh, yeah. Gone is the hope. The last little straw that I was holding on to DeAndre Baker coming back this year and saving the day, um, that is officially gone and done. Real shame, real shame. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, you got anything else on Logan Ryan? I think we've kind of touched every base on him. I mean, um, he's a playmaker, yeah. you know, and we need we need playmakers on our defense. And you know what? I'm not, like, saying this defense is really good, but it makes you way more excited about this defense to have a playmaker like him. Have um, Peppers, what we'll see Love can be. And by the way, people are saying move Love to corner. I was all for, like, I was all offseason saying play Julian Love a corner. The Giants don't view Julian Love as a corner. They view him as a safety. No, I've had to say that 75 times today where it's like, yes, no matter how much I technically agree with you, it's no, he he's a safety. So it's too late in the summer. You can't just, I feel like at this point you can't, all right, uh, we got two weeks before, the, it's literally two weeks tonight, uh, Monday night, the night that we're recording this, two weeks until we play a football game, let's dramatically change this whole defense around and put Logan Ryan at safety and then Julian Love, all right, you're going to corner. I, I, I wish that's how things worked, Bobby, but it's not. The Giants view Julian Love as a safety. Julian, I mean, say it three more times. The Giants view Julian Love as a safety, and I'm that's it. But you say it three times in your brain. Because the amount of comments that we got today was asinine. I was like, oh my God, stop, stop. Well, what do you think the Giants view John Jalapio as? Mm, Do you think they view view him as a backup center? They brought him in, they're bringing him in for a workout as you're listening to this. Mm. Hey, could save the money for people that love to talk about the cap space. Uh, Spencer Pulley could be uh, out of town. Bam. Bam. That saves, what, 2.75 mil? Or, or two mil when you when you bring in Jalapio's contract, whatever it ends up being, that saves two mil. That makes the Logan Ryan go from a six point five to really a four point five, or it, it gives you the ability to sign one of those guys. Yeah, I'm I'm all for it. I I'm not a Spoli guy. Um, I'm not a Jalapio guy either. I, but you know what? Um, coaching staffs have liked Jalapio over Pulley. Um, Jalapio's a lot of stuff was mental. Um, you can trust. You could put him in their guard as a backup guard after Lemieux. I'm I'm all for it. Um, you know I'm not banging on the table like bring John Halapio back. But if they bring Halapio in and cut Pulley, I'm 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 cool with that. Yeah, be savvy with the cap. We've been savvy with the cap all off season, and since the cap is carrying over from this year into next year, that could be a smart little move. Hey, maybe we pay Ross Cockrell. Maybe we pay another corner uh, four million dollars, and we save whatever two and a half million, two million by cutting Spencer Pulley. Uh, Bobby. Sheesh! This is this is cruel and this is bad, because we're gonna have our PPP on Tay Crowder, and I could be jumping the gun with the question: Could we possibly cut David Mayo because we feel good about our interior linebacker depth? 
No, because his entire contract this year is guaranteed. Ah, barnacles. Yeah. So I, I had that same thought today, but for 2020, his entire contract is guaranteed, I believe. Barnacles. Yeah. Now, after the, the next two years after that, there's zero guaranteed. Um, but yeah, it's all guaranteed this year. But I, I had I had that same thought today, um, and I if if it wasn't guaranteed, I would I would say that because you have Conley, who we like. Don, Downs is obviously making an impact, and then we'll we'll talk about Tay Crowder. Um, but yeah, that's that's not happening. Uh, all right, do you we want to move on to David Sills and Tay Crowder? Did we get that? Uh, did we get that mailback question? Yeah, it was basically asking about um, you know, should they go out uh, Prince and Mukamara or or Ross Cockrell. Ah. So we, we answered it. That was from our guy, C. Mickle. Big, big time fan, Patreon guy. Um, he also said clowny, but you know what? I love you, man, no. but I just, we're not, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that conversation. No. Oh. no, we've, we've made all of these moves, not because it's, hey, we're going to add to the New York football giants. We've made these moves because, oh crap, DeAndre Baker threatened to shoot someone in the head. And like Xavier McKinney yeah. had a near- allegedly, no one said it was the head. All right. And Xavier McKinney had a near um, season ending injury. So that's why we've made these moves. We haven't made these moves out of like, oh, we're just going to improve everything and everybody. No. So it, that's Andre Baker said, Plus, I will spray you with this pepper spray and your whole family. I need your help. <laughs> that's we're doing, we're doing good said. on time. And I have, a, and I have a question. This is a weird question. Are you concerned that all these guys, um, you know, Peppers has gotten a cramp like constantly uh, last couple practices. Uh, Martinez has been hurt the last couple practices. He's been healthy and then he's been hurt. He's been healthy and then he's been hurt a few different times. Are we concerned that guys are pulling with these hammies? Golden Tate went out today with the hamstring. Montre Hardich had like a lower body injury too. Are we getting a little concerned about that? A tiny bit, but let's let's save that for Friday's episode because we're gonna have an interview with that. Let's save that, yeah. and we'll have more information. We have like zero information. That right is now. true. Um, but I, but yeah, it's it's a tiny bit concerning. All right, let's take a break and do uh, David Sills and Tay Crowder. All right, welcome to Talking Giants, player profiles and projections. Another episode in the same episode. Blowing my mind, man. On today's player profile and projection, we got David Sills and Tay Crowder. This is weird. We're doing a whole new intro on the same episode. Freaking embrace the weirdness. Justin, David Sills, 6'3", 211 pounds, 24 years old. Undrafted free agent who was signed by the Bills, was cut by the Bills after his last play for the Bills was scoring a touchdown. Wade, the Giants claimed him, sat on the practice squad all year, got a little extra work with Daniel Jones after practice, but sat on the practice squad all year. At the combine, he ran a 4.5740, a 37.5 inch vertical jump. Justin, I'll get into his college stats in a second, but I, I'm pretty confident David Seals is making the Giants roster. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think we're pretty confident when we say that at this point his name has just come up too much this camp for it not to happen. So, the main thing that I get from David Sills, and I don't really want to steal your thunder all the way, but I, wa- I did watch this video from the Overtime YouTube channel, and I was they were profiling, and they were going through his pro day, 
and the preparation that he was taking, the relationship and the intentionality, and this is why I think he's making the team, by the way, because you uh, you heard that 40, and he's and you watch maybe some of his highlights stuff, he's not a great athlete. Derek Dillon, much better athlete. Austin Mack, Benjamin Victor, much better athletes. They have much better ball skills. But the intentionality that I heard David Sills, ah, I I know, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. They... We'll, I just made a face when you said better ball skills. I know. We'll, we'll talk about it. I think they have somewhat better ball skills, but I'll, I'll, we'll get wide to why we like David Sills. But the intentionality that he takes with establishing a relationship with his quarterback. So I was watching him and Will Greer. Will Greer came back for David Sills' pro day. And the intentionality that he took with establishing a relationship with him, the timing of the routes, and there was even a quote that Sills said about, uh, most wide receivers think that these guys just drop back and it's like seven on seven. No, I, I understand in the way that I run routes, I understand that a quarterback has pressure. I understand that a quarterback has guys in front of him and it's not easy for him to make throws. So, Bobby, I honestly think that's why he's making the team. I think he has a great relationship with his quarterbacks. He understands what they have to go through. And because of how smart and instinctual he is, and I'm not just saying that because he's white, by the way, not just saying that because he's white, (laughs) (laughs) smart and instinctual. He's a former quarterback. Former court, yeah, former quarterback. So he understands it. That was my biggest takeaway on Sills. Well, Justin, in 2018 at West Virginia, 65 catches, 986 yards, 15 touchdowns in 2017, and this is his first time playing wide receiver. He was a quarterback. 60 catches, 980 yards, 18 touchdowns. He is a playmaker. If he was a part of the 20, uh, 2020 undrafted free agent class, we wouldn't be saying Victor's name. We wouldn't be saying Max's name. We wouldn't be saying Dylan's name. We'd be saying David Sills. Get David Sills on my roster. I mean, that's 33 touchdowns in two seasons, and he had two as a freshman when he was a quarterback. He had two receiving touchdowns at, when he was a quarterback on the roster, and they decided to try some different things. So he actually like said, he actually played quarterback at West Virginia when he was a freshman. He went to junior college and then he came back to West Virginia as a wide receiver, and he put up those two pretty productive seasons to finish his collegiate career. Yes, and he's six foot three, has a thirty-seven and a half inch vertical jump. He goes up and gets the ball. He will bully you in the end zone. He gets touchdowns. He makes plays. He'll he'll break a tackle here and there. Like you said, he's not the fastest guy in the world, but he goes up and gets it. On a Giants team where the tallest wide receiver is Darius Slayton at six foot one, and I'm I love throwing deep ball, uh, jump balls to Darius Slayton, but Sills is a big bodied bully out there who gets touchdowns. He gets production, and you know what? Will Greer, like he benefited so much from having David Sills as his wide receiver, so he better have came back for his pro day because he owed that to him. Will Greer, you suck. Shout out PFF Sam, dummy Toucan Sam. David Sills is a big time bully. Um, he probably needs to work on the route tree a little bit. It's hard to give like a lot of ticks because we haven't really seen him play in two years besides some preseason stuff with the bills. But, um, I'm excited to see what sales can be. I think he's locked in at the wide receiver spot. And, um, that's, and that is why we're pitting him on the PPP. And you know what, Justin, last year when one of our wide receivers got hurt, it was kind of doom and gloom because we're playing guys like Damari Scott, Cody Latimer doesn't inspire you, TJ Jones. Whereas... Granted, like we don't want any wide receivers to go down, but if Shep misses a game, it's like okay, we got Tate in the slot. Let's see what Coleman or Sills can do on the outside with some reps, and you know, with and play that scenario for all those guys. So I'm excited to see what Sills can do. Yeah, I actually thought that his route running, and again, you know, we're going off of very, very little here. So I actually thought his route running was was pretty darn good, and I 
I am a little concerned because of the lack of athleticism and because of the lack of strength. I am a little concerned about how much he actually can bully guys. That's actually a concern that I that I do have. The thing to his biggest benefit and the thing to his biggest advantage is his God-given very long arms. I mean that those arms they're they're apparent and height. and height. Well, but also you know six four isn't I guess tremendously tall. I guess six four for a wide receiver these days is pretty pretty big. You're not seeing a lot of six five six six Plaxico Burris's running around the field anymore. Those guys just aren't out there as much. But also another note, just something that I did notice even as I was watching him. Number one on his pro day and number two as I was watching his tape, he does not catch the ball against his body. Everything is with the hands. He's always putting the hands out, never letting really anything come to his body. And if we're talking about, hey, you know, what are we expecting a wide receiver number five to do if he ever gets out on the field, Bobby? It's if a, if a ball is right in his hands and if a ball is coming right to his catch radius, just catch the ball. We're not expecting you to do so many different things. David Sills, he's pretty reliable in that regard because his form when he's actually catching the ball doesn't let it get close to his chest, really uses his hands. He puts his hands out first. And he's playing with a quarterback who will give you those opportunities to make those types of plays where he'll like if he has man coverage, he'll put the ball good placement as long as you, like you said, catch the ball away from you and and wall guys off. I mean, you look at some of his stuff like in the end zone and against smaller corners, and it's like you like you said he didn't bully people. I mean, he just bullied people. So I mean, I don't have like a whole ton on Sills, but I'm excited. And, you know, when we did our way too early fifty three man roster prediction, what was it back in like like June or whatever, I had Sills on there, man, because I think he gives something that, you know, nobody else on this roster really has. Yeah, and especially if they see him contributing on special teams as well, which I guess at this point, why why wouldn't he? I think he has to prepare for that um, route. Go do I it. Think he was a gunner at West Virginia or something like that. Go do it. Go rock and roll. We would love to love to have you as wide receiver number five, and if you can contribute on special teams, it is a shame that some of these other uh, talent. I I really do view Derek Dillon, Austin Mack, and Benjamin Victor as more ta- as more quote unquote talented guys. But if Sills is the one that's having the best chemistry with the quarterbacks, he's he's wrapping his head around the playbook the most and he's being the most instinctual player out there because Bobby at this point and I was listening I was listening to some people on the radio and they were talking about this maybe even be the Giants coverage guys these guys a lot of them right now especially because it's a new playbook for everybody you're thinking you're really thinking while you're playing the game of football and that's not exactly how you want to do it you want to just be going out there and you want to be smooth you want to just be playing football and not thinking about what you have to do and Sills is Sills good th- good chance that Sills is the guy that's uh digesting that better than the rest of those guys. Yeah. All right, let's take a break and move on to Tay Crowder. No holds bad. He he took me in the low post and won, but I think we had on the varsity. All right, Justin, let's talk about Tay Crowder. He's six foot three, 235 pounds, 23 years old. Drafted with the 255th overall pick in the NFL draft in 2020. The last pick, Mr. Irrelevant. And you know what? When uh, Georgia Bulldogs fans get this guy's uh, these videos, they say, not so irrelevant now, huh? Tay Crowder. I love this guy. You want to know what pisses me off, though, Justin? That the Giants drafted T.J. Brunson above him. Mm. I'm glad we got him. But the fact that the Giants drafted T.J. Brunson and left Tay Crowder on the board, what was it, 10 picks before, that makes me like, what the heck were you guys doing? Why would you let Tay Crowder on the board? Tay Crowder, he he ran a four five seven forty. Uh, or sorry, that's 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 David Sills stuff. 
He didn't run a 40 because he wasn't invited to the combine. But at Georgia, he was a running back in high school, Start came to Georgia as a running back. Another guy who changed positions, changed the linebacker. In this last season, he had 62 tackles, four tackles for a loss. And he just plays fast. And you know me, I love aggressiveness at the inside linebacker spot. And that's what he did at Georgia. Um, Roquan Smith likes this guy. Justin, if the Giants would have taken Tay Crowder in the fourth round and I would have went and done film stuff, I would have been pleased. Um, I don't know how this guy fell, and I don't know how he drafted TJ Brunson ab- above him. I'm glad the coaching staff has moved Tay Crowder above him. He was starting next to Downs in the scrimmage. I get Blake Martinez was out and Mayo's hurt, but nonetheless, he has moved up, and he's going to be on this roster. Um, he's going to get playing time this year, and I can't wait to see it. I, 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 just, I just can't wait to break down Tay Crowder clips as soon as we get to see them. Yeah, you even talked about his aggressiveness and, and his aggressive play style, but some plays that I found and some plays that I clipped during the, the post-draft process was the fact that he actually showed some patience in the run game. He was aggressive in, towards getting, in terms of getting to his spot, but once he got to his spot, so I'm even looking at this one particular play when they played against Notre Dame, um, he sat towards the outside where a running back, if he was not there and if he just went straight for the ball carrier, that running back maybe would have had a chance to bounce it to the outside and go towards the sideline. So even though he's aggressive, he's not always just going for the running back and he's going for the ball. He understands what's happening around him. Um, and I, Bobby, there's a reason why, number one, we're doing a PPP on him. And number two, there's a reason why he's getting reps over um, Brunson because he's just a flat-out better football player and he genuinely he was the guy that made us most excited I think you know Carter Coughlin yeah you get excited but you know just he I like Crowder more I like him more than Cam Brown if they would have taken him in the fourth round I would have been like good pick Dave Gavin I really would have I love this guy like you said he plays aggressive but it's not just like blind aggressiveness like you said he plays smart he blows stuff up he had two interceptions in 2018 he had a return for a touchdown against Tennessee He's just a baller and a playmaker, and he's a guy who changed positions, so he has time to grow and get better. I look at the inside linebacker is for speed, instincts, and like not being afraid to make a mistake in coverage. That's what I look for, and Tay Crowder checks all those boxes for me. I really think this guy is going to be a starting linebacker for the Giants. I do. Um, I don't know, like I don't know how that works when you have a Blake Martinez on the team. You have a guy like Ryan Connolly, who we both like. He's actually pretty similar. He's not as aggressive as Connolly. But he does give me some like like he does remind me of Connolly a little bit. Connolly is much more aggressive and much more instinctual, and that's not a knock on Crowder. It's just because Connolly like his instincts and aggressiveness is just like off the charts. But I think they're similar. And you know we talk about three safety looks. I think there's going to be some times where we're going to have three linebacker looks in the future. Maybe not 2020, but 2021 with Connolly, Martinez, and this guy. I think there's going to be times where it's like you know what we want all three of these guys on the field on first, second down. Yeah, it actually kind of confused me over the scrimmage because I forgot what number Tay Crowder was. He's 37. That may change once the there's a, a 50 once the roster comes down to 53 guys. But I'm thinking to myself, ooh, look at 37. 37 is a safety. Patrick Graham has got uh, a safety in the box lining up over the A gap on like a on like a third down. But no, that was Tay Crowder. So there's even a chance that we could even see Tay Crowder on some third downs. Uh, I think I would be down for that, especially if we're really only feeling comfortable with two safeties on the Giants in 2020. You know, maybe we don't want to put Montre Hardage so much on the field as our third safety. Hey, let's put Blake Martinez and Tay Crowder out there. If we feel good about Tay Crowder in coverage, if he's athletic. 
athletic if he's fast and he can cover some of these guys and he can cover out in space. I mean, why not? I would very much be down with that. And then Tay Crowder could be a guy like like we sh- he, we saw it in the scrimmage, lining up over the A-gap, and he either comes in and he blitzes or he pulls out into coverage. So I'd be very much down for that. Justin, something that really bothered me when I was watching Blake Martinez um, was when you watch the Packers against the 49ers, and this wasn't on Blake Martinez, there's the, the defensive coordinator was running three safeties, and then Blake Martinez is the only inside linebacker out there. And it's like, this team packs it in with two three tight ends <laughs> and pulls and runs and you were doing like what are you doing uh Packers defensive coordinator whatever your guy's name is it was just so maddening and like you said we play the 49ers this year yeah. and you know what I don't think we should be loading the team the field up with DBs against the 49ers nope. I think we should have our three big guys up front our edge guys and you know what play a little more two corner you know what have Logan Ryan and Giants Bradbury at the corner and if they come play tight then you feel comfortable with Logan in there, and then have three linebackers. You know, bring Peppers up, rotate Connolly and Crowder, play to their offense. I, I just, it was mind numbing watching the Green Bay defense just get ran all over. And it's like, yeah, because you guys have three safeties. Martinez is just left out on an island to be the only linebacker to make tackles. So, um, I hope we do some stuff because I there's some inside linebackers on this team that I like a lot. Yeah. Um, who do you like better at this point? Tay Crowder or Devontae Downs, I think I know your answer just because we've already emphasized how excited he makes us. But I'd say Crowder, but Downs, we really, I just, I don't really have anything on Downs. Yeah. I went and watched his preseason stuff. That didn't really get me going. But, you know, if he's made a jump and is a, well, inside linebacker is a position where you can be an undrafted free agent, get better and better, um, I just don't have enough to go off of with Devontae Downs right now. Yeah, but Crowder makes you excited because he can go sideline to sideline. Um, this defense needs athletes. You know, that was a take that we were having during the draft process, how this defense needs athletes, and especially with adding McKinney. Well, it's like, well, obviously, you know, the, the pro Simmons crowd didn't feel very good that they didn't get him, but McKinney was a nice compensation. Then also adding a guy like Crowder, adding a guy like Cam Brown, um, nice. They're really good athletes, and you can make an argument that Crowder is going to have uh, the most impact on the 2020 Giants out of all three of those guys that I just listed. So, Good for yep. good for Take Rider. We're rooting for you. Yep. All right. So that's an episode. A, a definitely a weird episode, but you know what? The Logan Ryan news hit, and we knew we couldn't wait until later in the week to talk about it. So we'll be back tomorrow. That means we have two PPPs left. And what two offensive players haven't we done yet? So, um, oh, you're saying that sarcastically. Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones. All right. So just be excited for that for the next couple of days, and then we'll have an interview on Friday, most likely. We appreciate you guys. Um, support us post you know interact with us we love you guys we'll see you tomorrow until then let's go big blue